NSA football takes on Maryland this weekend. I'm your host of the BWI Daily Edition, Thomas Frank Carr. We're going to be taking a look at both Maryland and Penn State. And, and I found it eerily similar how much these two teams have in common, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We'll be taking a look at that today on the Daily Edition. But the first thing I want to get to is if you are a BWI subscriber, if you've subscribed to Blue White Illustrated either on the YouTube channel or on the site proper, and you've been wondering what in the world is going on this week. So this is being recorded November 2nd, and uh, it's a Tuesday. Officially, as of yesterday, we are now a part of the newest college and high school recruiting sports coverage uh, site on three. It is from the founder of Rivals and 247 Sports. It's his third iteration of covering high school recruiting and college sports. And you know that means it is going to be quality and it's going to be pushing you into the future with newer and better ways to do things. And that's why we're excited to be a part of On3. Uh, if you want to check it out right now, there is a sign-up special for just $1. So if you were a Blue White Illustrated subscriber before and you're confused as to what in the world is going on, now you know what's going on. And uh, we're going to get you in to the new place where you find all the same exact content for just $1 for the first 12 months. So you get this on three throughout the entire off season and all the way into November of next year. So you get a full football season in the calendar sense for just one single dollar. And if you are new to Blue White Illustrated, if you watch the YouTube channel, but you've never checked out our stuff over at the site, try it out. It's a buck. See if you like it. Okay, so I'm going to give you some uh, of what I found this week while watching film of the Maryland offense specifically, but really Penn State and Maryland overall. It's not a surprise that Mike Loxley and James Franklin come from the same coaching system because their offenses are so incredibly similar. Let's just get into it because this is an area where I find it really interesting that you look at two teams that both supplement the run with the short passing game to an extreme extent because neither team is very good at running the football. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but if you just look at the total numbers here, total number of passes overall, Talia Tungovaloa leads the Big Ten, all these numbers in the Big Ten, by the way, 280 total passes. Clifford is at 265, pulling in second. So both these guys, prolific passers so far on the season. And if you're going to be that high, you're going to be high in a number of different categories. But again, behind the line of scrimmage, screen game, using space to create, uh, you know, easy running lanes for guys on the perimeter. Both teams do this at a high level. And Maryland has quick athletic offensive uh, skill players from the backfield and the slot to take advantage of this. Talia Tungovaloa, uh, first in the Big Ten in terms of passes behind the line of scrimmage with 83. So a lot of that stuff, a lot of those passes, is work behind the line. Sean Clifford, by the way, second with 69. Now, the short passing game is another area where I think this is where Maryland sort of separates themselves from Penn State, and they uh, go a little bit heavier into the short passing game rather than the intermediate passing game. So Talia Tungavaloa, again, third in short passes. That's up to nine yards. And Sean Clifford coming in at sixth. Now, where there is the separator would be in the deep passing game. This is an area where between the two quarterbacks, I think this is the most descriptive of the difference between them, is that Talia Tungavaloa has been much better in terms of overall production from the deep passing game. And this is something I've talked about right, time after time after time with Penn State offenses, they haven't found a way to be explosive. 
Now, the numbers here don't tell the whole story, but in terms of yards per attempt, total deep yards, and uh, according to PFF's passing grade system, he's the number one quarterback in deep passing yards at 95.5. Almost 700 yards deep passing, almost 20 yards per completion down the field, so he's been much more effective as a deep thrower in terms of the ability to generate yards than Sean Clifford, which as you see here, much lower yards per completion, about 11 uh, excuse me, per attempt. Total yards is about half at 350. And then his PFF grade in terms of ability to generate big plays comes in uh, bottom of the Big Ten at 12th. Now, James Franklin talked about Talia Tungavaloa and expressed some of these things. And we'll get to how these numbers that I just showed you don't tell the whole story, but they do give you a good picture of Talia's abilities. And I think the biggest difference between these two offenses yeah, he, you know, he's a, he's a really talented guy. Um, you know, he's, you know, can make plays, you know, with his arm. He makes some big-time throws, and, and he can extend plays and make plays with his feet and does a really nice job with that as well. Um, you know, and, and I think their scheme does a good job of, of taking advantage of, of both of those things too. So, um, you know, I've been very impressed with him. You know, I think, you know, obviously like, like we all kind of deal with, um, you know, at this level, um, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, some of the, t some of the plays that he's been able to make, um, you know, in, in the games that they've won. And you look at some of the challenges and issues that he's had, you know, that we're all working through. Um, but overall, I, I've been I've been really impressed with him over the last couple of years and, and what he's been able to do. They're a talented, fast, athletic team, um, and he does a good job getting the ball to to players in space. You know, uh, you know, pretty consistently. So, so you you heard him say all those things: talented, fast, get players in space. That's what they want to be. These two teams want to be the exact same thing. Now, all those numbers I showed you about deep passing and. Uh, they don't really tell the whole story because both Sean Clifford and Talia Tungavaloa have kind of arrived in the same place when it comes to the end results. Not a lot of touch touchdowns for Talia through the air in the deep passing game. Same thing for Sean Clifford. Their passer rating is nearly identical in the bottom half of the Big Ten, both, I believe, 11th and 12th, respectively. Neither one of them over the threshold of about 99, which is the average passer rating for a, a thrown pass. So neither guy is being productive through the air. And again, a similarity there is Rakeem Jarrett's a good, deep receiver. He's a guy that has the ability to make big plays but they don't overall have the ability to connect on some of these deep passes. And Talia Tungavaloa, for as talented as he is as a thrower, and he really is, he's got, James Franklin mentioned some big-time throws. He throws with anticipation into windows. He's able to thread the needle down the field, really strong arm and the ability to extend plays and, and just flick the ball and it goes 65 yards off his wrist. The problem is he, he leans into that a little bit too much where he's got more interceptions on deep balls than any other quarterback in the Big Ten. So it is very much a boomer bust prospect for Talia Tungavaloa. Now, again, one of the reasons why they're relying so much on him as a passer is because they are not good at rushing the football. They're better than Penn State here, which we talked about yesterday when it comes to the ability for Penn State to, to get explosive rushes on the ground. Uh, Penn State is 217 as a team. Now, for uh, Maryland, their top rusher has about 165 on the year. So not much better, but they still are in that area of struggling to get yards after contact and get those big explosive plays. Uh, Tayon Fleet Davis has 134 himself. So that is 
not even close to what Penn State has, but also they have a, a three-headed backfield where they have kind of a similar situation in terms of rotation at that position. They're slightly better than Penn State because their offensive line is slightly better than Penn State's. They are not actively bad at, at run blocking. Penn State's offensive line currently is actively bad at run blocking, and that's the biggest difference between these two teams up front. Both teams are good pass blockers, and I that's going to be a really interesting situation for the Penn State defenses. Can they get pressure on Talia Tungavaloa? So now we'll take a look at the other side. And uh, before we do, this is going to kind of tie into that, where Penn State last season had trouble with Maryland's passing attack. They gave up explosive play after explosive play after explosive play. I believe they gave up 28 points on third down on explosive passes last year. You remember all of them. Well, so does James Franklin. Well, I, I think right last week is is a, a pretty good um, you know sign in some ways, right? You know that was that was one of the more explosive offenses in in college football. Uh, we had the two explosive plays on the on the hitch where we missed a tackle and and kind of ran away, and then the deep over route. Um, obviously, those two those two stand out. But um, in terms of competing and challenging throws, I, I think we've done that all year long. Um, obviously, you know he's a really good player um, and and has been since high school. Um, so that'll be that'll be a challenge. What they do offensively will be challenging. And then also, obviously, what what he's able to bring to the game. So, um, you know, our guys remember last last year. We've watched it as well. And then on top of that, you know, obviously, what we've what we've tried to do all year this year from a pass defense perspective, also being able to get some pressure on the quarterback would help with all those things too. So, when it comes to the ability to stop the big play. If you've watched Penn State football, you know that they are much better at this this year than they were last year. Penn State is so much better at getting their hands on the ball, contesting catches, and breaking up passes. So in a comparable situation, if you look at some of the interesting stats, and I, I was watching Maryland and Ohio State, because again, another team that's built very similar to these two teams is Ohio State. Explosive, use space, they just have a more vertical passing-based system, they don't they don't throw the ball into the flat nearly as much as these two teams. But if you look at what you should expect from the Maryland defense, um, yes, Travion Henderson ended the game with 106 yards. But just like against Penn State, he had 19 rushing yards on nine carries in the first half. No Ohio State Buckeye had a run over 10 yards in the first half. Now, the difference was... Unlike Penn State, what they were able to do against the Buckeyes is they allowed one explosive play through the pass in the first half against Ohio State, and there were coverage busts all over the field for uh, the Maryland Terrapins, who gave up 35 points in the first half. It got away from them because the Ohio State passing attack, which is very good, they put their corners and their safeties on islands, and it did not work out for them. So that is an interesting thing to look at for what Maryland will want to do against Penn State. They blitz a little bit more than the Nittany Lions, about 45% of the time. But the problem is they're, they're not very good at it. When they send five or more rushers, the only quarterbacks that actually have a lower completion percentage against the Terrapins were uh, the West Virginia quarterback in week one, whose last name is Doge, I think, and then Brandon Peters of Illinois. The rest of the quarterbacks they faced in the Big Ten have all completed 75 
65, way more of their passes for way more yards against the Maryland secondary in single coverage. So if they do that to Penn State, Sean Clifford, if he can survive that uh, that onslaught of rushers, which they don't do well, that leaves a lot of room in the secondary for Jahan Dotson and for Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith. So the way this really works out to me by looking at these two teams is that if Penn State get those single coverage plays and Sean Clifford in the pocket throws the ball on time and doesn't try to double clutch the ball and throw it deep and just hits the open receiver, Penn State might be able to get those explosive plays to the passing attack that they've been eluding them, the really big ones, the ones that go for 45, 65 yards and a touchdown. That, to me, is what you're going to have to hope for, and it's going to be another tough day on the ground for the Nittany Lions. This this team in Maryland, another difference between what they do and what Penn State does is they play the similar front to what has frustrated Penn State all season long on the ground in terms of the way they align their players. They have a nose tackle. They play both their defensive ends shaded inside of the offensive tackles with five guys on the line of scrimmage. They play the same defense that Penn State hasn't been able to run against all season long. And they're good, tough, physical run defenders. And there's enough... I think there's enough pass rushing that it'll keep it away from being a blowout. But Penn State does have the advantage because their defensive secondary against two teams that really want to throw the football and really want to generate explosive plays, they have the better secondary, but Maryland has the better quarterback. So as much as Penn State fans want this to be a blowout, I think this is going to be a good, closely contested game unless some things break in a drastic way in those key matchups. We'll have more coverage of... Uh, Penn State and Maryland coming up this week. We'll have more previews of Maryland. We'll have previews of practice here on the BWI Daily Edition. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any of that. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back again tomorrow.